Now presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Jim Freeze. Can I tell you something? You don't pick your future. You choose your habits. And your habits will choose your future for you. Oh, everything that's good. And that is good. And that is really a truism. We talked about it just a moment ago. What a difference a day makes. Isn't it true in so many occasions, this is what occurs. There's a huge difference in our thought process about the day. And it's going to come up. You watch it. He's going to, he's got it. He's almost got it. Yeah, we over-exaggerate yesterday. Do we not? You know, don't you know people that way? Uh, how, how many are sitting next to him right now, but you won't raise your hand? Come on. We all know people that over-exaggerate your yesterday. I'm a fisherman. I know how to exaggerate. You realize, I mean, it starts out this big. By the time you get home, it gets that big. There are all kinds of people in life that it's all about yesterday. You know, when I was your age, I used to walk to school, you know, in 10 miles with no shoes on in the snow. And then I walk back. Tell me no people like that. It's all about the yesterday. They over-exaggerate that. Or secondly, what a difference a day makes, we overestimate tomorrow. One day my ship will come in. One day I'm going to hit the lotto. We overemphasize tomorrow. But in so many cases, and in most cases, we underestimate today. Now, that's really important that we grasp a hold of that because this is true. Let me talk to you about some truths about today because they're so important. If we're going to change our upcoming year, if it's going to be greater for us in the Lord, these truths are very important. The secret of your success will be determined by your daily agenda. Number two, it's so important that successful people do daily what unsuccessful people do occasionally. Number three, and please take a picture of this with your phone. It's too, way too fast to write. Check it out. You will never change your life until you change something that you do on a daily basis. And then lastly, and very importantly, today you will focus on preparing or repairing. Those who are proactive will focus on preparing. Those who are reactive will focus on repairing. It's so important that we understand the value of Today. Now, if you knew a little bit more about me, I'm the pastor of Joy Church, out of the shadows, Joy Church. And I want you to know at Joy Church, we're really, really committed not to telling you just what to do, but how to do it. How many got a good heart towards the Lord? Come on, everybody should raise their hand. Man, I, I, I'm sure not the perfect pastor, but one thing I do is I've got a good heart. I, I love God. And if, if I can see that it's biblical, I want to do it. I'm so tired of television preachers that just yell at me and tell me what I need to do. I want to yell back and say, okay, how? If you've got a good heart and I tell you what to do without telling you how, you're going to be leaving here frustrated. If I tell you what to do and how to do it from the word of God, you'll leave here motivated. So let me share with you some truths. These are truths that we endeavor to apply at Joy Church. I want you to know, how many know when you're at Joy Church, there's a lot of joy. Uh, I got, see this right here? That is not a bracelet. That is a man band. There's a big difference. And it says on it, joy. Therefore, I, you, I have a blog, the Joy Boy blog. At our church, Pat, at Joy Church, we don't call the toilets toilets. We call them joylets. 
And I kid you not, there is an actual sign for joylets pointing that way. How many know it's good for Christians to spend time in the throne room? All right, it's not going to get any funnier than that, so you might as well go ahead and laugh right this minute. Let's talk about eight different things that we can do starting now to begin to change our 2014. So it's not a nightmare, but it's a dream 14. Let's talk about it. Number one, the first thing that we're going to do on a daily basis, and that's the key, is talk to yourself daily. Everybody say daily. Now you look at that and you say, talk to yourself. Well, I mean, that's just weird. Do you remember Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5, David speaking, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. My life is redeemed from destruction. He crowns my head with loving kindness and tender mercies. My youth is renewed like the eagles. You remember that? Well, I do. You can tell. Now, why do I remember that? Because on a regular basis, I say that out loud. David speaking, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Who's he talking to? David is talking to himself. He is speaking the word of God. I was talking to Melissa uh, yesterday, your pastor's wife, and she was telling me when she went to our Bible Institute, she said one of the greatest things that she ever learned there was speaking the word of God when she started out the day. How many of you just have awakened and it feels like there's three demons sitting at the foot of your bed telling you how lousy your day is going to be? You know that's true. If it's not that, it's circumstances and on and on and on. But I challenge you to rise up every day and don't allow your day to tell you how you're going to feel. Get up and begin to talk to yourself the word of the living God and set the course of your day. I do it every day. Now listen to me. I'm going I'm to tell you something that's so important. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you know that you can be your own best cheerleader? Many times I'll get in front of the mirror in the morning and I'll two, four, six, eight. Who do I appreciate? Me. Me. Ungawa. Pastor, get out of the shower. No, I don't do that. I'm just kidding you, trying to make you laugh. Some of you won't laugh no matter what. I have a goal. I'm working on some of you. But I do get up every single day, and I begin to speak the Word of God. I set the course of my day. I learn in life, just like an old spaghetti western, two gunfighters looking at one another. You've got to draw first. Talk to yourself the Word of God every day. Second thing that we need to know if we're going to change our 2014 and make it a dream 14 is number two, learn from your mentors daily. How many understand that mentors are shortcuts? You really can learn from mentors. Now, I, I normally, normally am not a name dropper. That's just not my style. But so that you can understand the gravity of what I'm trying to say, I'm going to give you a name here. Uh, last week, I had the privilege of spending about 45 minutes with Joyce Meyer. Now, how many know that yeah, that's a blessing? You can learn and grow. She's been in ministry longer than I have. You can learn and grow. Now, I know you're impressed, but I spent 45 minutes with her via CD. 
she's not going to give me the time of day, personally. You understand that? She's busy. She's a busy girl. I'm a busy boy. We're not going to meet. That's not what we're talking about. But I learned a long time ago, I can invest in her materials. And I can learn and grow because mentors are shortcuts. Well, Pastor, I'm a guy. I can never learn from a woman. I know. And that's why you are the way that you are, messy. I've learned for 23 years from this young lady right here, and she's just now got me house trained. I'm excited about it. How many understand that there are three ways to learn in life? Pat knows this. We can, how many know we can all learn from our failures? That's important. I'm at some point, you got to stop running around the same mountain. How many know you can also learn uh, from another person's failures? How many know that's much better? I mean, that's a lot better. I mean, all, all I have to do is look at David in the Bible when he committed adultery with Bathsheba and go, no, no, thank you. I don't want to go through all that heartache. And, I, and so I, I mind my P's and Q's. How many know there's a third way to learn and that's the best way and that's from another man or woman's successes? You can learn from mentors daily. This is your pastor. There's 600 people here. He's not going to be able to go to your house every Friday, but you can invest in coming to the house of God. You can invest in the teaching materials that they have. You can allow him to come to your house on Friday through CD, through video, in and out of shadows video. The third thing that we can do on a daily basis is if we're going to make our 2014 a dream 14, this is so important, lighten up and laugh daily. Would you do me a favor? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, would you lighten up? Just tell them. Because some of them look so sour. Now, now look over here to your other neighbor and hey, say, hey, second choice. You really need to lighten up. That's true. Otherwise, you would have talked to that person first. True? Man, lighten up and laugh. How many believe that in church you can cry? How many have ever seen Pastor Ben cry in church? He's got such a tender heart. He really does. Thank God. Thank God you have a pastor that way. You're going to see. Come on. Let's encourage him. I mean, thank God he's not a stoic ice man. He's got emotions and he's got a tender heart. You're going to see a video at the end of this session that, man, if it doesn't touch you, then you are untouchable, Elliot Ness. Some of you got that. Some of the older folks got that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's a, it is a powerful video. Just powerful. It's important. You can cry in church. If you can cry in church, then you can laugh in church. The key is, don't cry when I'm making my jokes. That's when you need to laugh. The Bible says in Job chapter 5 and verse 22 that God sits in the heavens and laughs. How many believe that God has a sense of humor? If you don't believe that God has a sense of humor, then you have not looked in the mirror lately. How many ever, how, okay, this is the beach, right? You guys got the beach, huh? This is the beach. There, there are, how, how many know that there are some older people here at the beach, right? How many have ever seen an 80-year-old man in a Speedo? You know God has a sense of humor. And you know that that woman does not have two things, or that man does not have two things. He does not have, one, a mirror, or he would never go out in public like that, or two, a wife. Because that woman would say, stay indoors, you old codger. That is not right. It is important at some point in our life that we learn to lighten up a laugh. Now, please, I'm not suggesting to you that you live a careless life. But I am suggesting to you that you live a carefree life. Big difference. 
I'm one of the most responsible human beings you're ever going to meet. I'm an extremely responsible pastor at every level. I take what I do seriously. I take my call seriously, my walk with God seriously. But can I be honest with you? Very little else. Because really there's not a whole lot in life worth taking seriously other than the things that I just mentioned. Please don't mistake me. I'm very uh, prudent. Uh, we have no debt. Our church is in wonderful financial position. I'm a very responsible man of God. But I've learned a long time ago that I am going to enjoy this journey. Me and Sean, we are going to enjoy this journey even with a very pregnant wife. <laughs> when is the due date? Should I boil water? Might, might want to think about boiling. Could you, my birthday is January 14th, could you stop thinking about yourself and have him on my birthday? <laughs> some people, they're just all about themselves. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, at some point, we got to lighten up in life and laugh. The Bible says in Acts 20 and verse 24, the Bible says, I don't count my life dear unto myself, but I finish the course with joy. Everybody say with joy. If you're going to finish the course, you're going to have to do it with joy. You're going to have to learn how to laugh. Proverbs 17:22. a merry heart does good like a medicine. I challenge you every single day, lighten up and laugh. If we're going to make our year, next year coming, dream 14, the fourth thing that we need to do on a daily basis is number four, act thankfully daily. Now, uh, again, as Christians, we hear that and we almost turn off. Okay, Pastor, I'm supposed to be thankful. I got it. I, I get it. But listen to me very closely. As human beings, we have this tendency. We have a tendency to focus on not how far we've come, but how far we need to go. We have a tendency as human beings to focus on not what we have, but what we don't have. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 5 says, don't set your eyes on the things that you don't have. And I've seen it over and over, and it began way back in the Garden of Eden. You remember the story, of course. Here they are in the Garden of Eden, and we think Garden is a small little place, but really in the Hebrew language, it's much more like a park. There were thousands, maybe tens of thousands of trees where they were, and God said, the one tree, just one, the tens of thousands are yours, but this one tree stay away from. And what does the devil accentuate? The one tree tree he can't have he doesn't change his trickery at all he still does the same thing today tries to get us to focus on the one thing you can't have uh, he does that when it comes to something like this a church a beautiful church thank god for this church well pastor is this the perfect church no this is not the perfect church and if it was and you came you would just ruin it there's no such thing as where we say all the time at George Church, we are the perfect church for imperfect people, starting with the pastor, working his way to you. See, we can focus on, there's so many good trees at this church. Could I have an amen? amen? But rather than that, so many times we focus on the one thing JC doesn't have, or GC doesn't have, Generation Church doesn't have. We focus, well, they don't have this, or they don't have that. or they don't. Yeah, but they do have this, this, and this, and this. They do have a genuine pastor and his wife that are wonderful man and woman of God. They do have Jessica and Doug that are great children's ministry. Come on, don't leave me hanging. Come on, come on. They do have Jessica's daughter has a beautiful thing on her head. I love that. They do have this gentleman that I don't know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Isn't that true? Yeah, but they don't have this, but they do have Sean. 
Sean. And Sean, you've seen most praise and worship leaders. Most praise and worship leaders are sissies. Have you seen them on TV? They got the funky hair. It's like, oh, praise the Lord, everybody. But they, and most guys cannot relate. If you're a guy, I cannot relate. I mean, they do, all the songs are like lovey-dovey. So I just love you. I've got this hair and this thing and the thing and the thing. And I love you, Jesus. And it's like, I cannot relate, dude. I need some manhood somewhere. And so thank God we've got a uh, worship leader who's got biceps that could choke a horse. And his wife said, amen. You can focus on all of the things that are not there, or you can focus on all of the beautiful trees that are. I got my 11-year-old son. Uh, as I mentioned, this is, I just love this guy. I'm an older dad. We had him late. You know, we were in the ministry a long time. We waited. I just love my son. My, 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 my one son. Just a wonderful man, a guy who's clearly cold. I can tell that. And so he just and listen, we measure him all the time, and he's growing like a weed. You know, I feed him steroids all the time, and it's it's helping him. And 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 you know, it's amazing. We have this little door where we kind of measure and so forth. And you know, he grows a quarter of an inch here and there. He's really growing fast. Never does he grow a quarter of an inch and look at me and go, I'm six two, and go. Daddy, I'm not 6'2". I'm not. He, what does he do? He celebrates. Look, Dad, I grew a quarter of an inch. He's got it right. We got to celebrate the growth. At what point will we ever be content with our contents? And again, I'm not saying you can't have more. I'm not saying you can't improve. I'm not saying you can't have better. But you know the rat race we can get caught up in. And, well, you know, I got the 4G, but I need the 5G. And if I don't have the 5G, then I need the 6G. And if I don't have the 6G, then I need the OG. How many know the OG? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And at some point, you got to stop being all about the OG and start being about the OG-sus. Because he satisfies. Isn't that true? Just got to focus on what we do. My wife and I do that. You, how many out there are married? Come on. You, you, how many out there are single? Get your hand up. You get a date. Okay, my son, that you stay single for a few more years, too. Wait till, wait till you're 13 to get married. You know, Tennessee, that's old to get married. <laughs> I like you. Just keep, keep, you follow, yeah, I like you. you. He's laughing, he's smiling. I like that. What's your name? Gabe? I like you, Gabe. I like Gabe. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what was I talking about before Gabe interrupted me? Oh, married. How many married? <laughs> Well, you know that. You've got to focus on the positive. Statistics tell us, church statistics, uh, Pastor Ben and I know this, 80% of all affairs, adultery that occur when a man or a woman, they leave their spouse, they like 80% of the relationship, but they leave because of the 20 that they don't have. Not understanding that everybody's got a 20. Everybody. I mean, the grass is always greener on the other side until you've got to mow it. Everybody has a 20. So my wife and I, what we've done, we, we made a compiled a list of the positives. Uh, this is my girl here, 23 years of marriage. Uh, she married me when I was already in the ministry. I, I love her. We don't have a phony ministry marriage. We've got to work at it like you've got to work at it. But we've got a good marriage. I, I'd be willing to say we've got a great marriage. We invest. I love her. That's my girl. We're going to sometime today, we are going to go out on a beach and make out. Because <laughs> you've got beaches here. Have you noticed that? 
Some of y'all, you're so cute. The, 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 the guy who's playing the bass up here, I really like the bass. He, it's 80 degrees out, and he was like, I had to put my T-shirt on because I was a little bit cold. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Don't bring that up in here. I left 30-something degree weather. I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. <laughs> Wow, I like you're from. You like Akron? Look at you. He loves Akron. I've never heard a person cheer for Akron, Ohio. <laughs> we had something in August. Three days in August, they called summer. <laughs> so uh, you know, we're bringing in seven tons of snow. I used to rebuke that when I was in Akron. I'm leaving for the seven tons of snow. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, we brought out all the positives about us. And we focus on that because it's so important to do that. Uh, I, I wrote a list out of Anne of all of her positives. Uh, she wrote a scroll out for all of my positives. <laughs> she rolls that thing out every day, Micah, and it takes her 45 minutes to read it. <laughs> Gabe, you're not laughing like you used to. <laughs> Act thankfully daily. Do it on a daily basis. It'll change your 2014. Number five is we're going to get to dream 14. It's so important to see through the eyes of God daily. So important. James chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, when you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you and he'll give it to you liberally. The word wisdom is the Greek word sophos. Sophos literally means to interpret life through the eyes of God. It's to see as God sees. Wouldn't it be great to see any situation that you're in as God sees it? Instead of we do on a surfacey level, I mean, every situation. Man, I've learned a long time ago to ask God, okay, God, how do you see this? How are you viewing at this? Because I don't want to flail around at the surface. I want to get to the root of the situation. Uh, I was sharing with the, the other services uh, in the middle of a bad economy. We're in multiple services where we are. Uh, we're out of room, three services, two out of three of every one of our services has overflow where they pump me in into an overflow room. I try to stay in the shadows for that as well. And, and, and we're out of room. We're out of room with the children. We have been now for quite some time. So in the middle of a bad economy, God calls us to build a new church. And the whole thing is $10.7 million dollars in the middle of a bad economy. Now, you look at it naturally with these eyes, you think, well, I'm not going to do that. But I sought God. And through his eyes, it was God's right timing. We're going to be moving in in six weeks. January 18th is our opening service, two days after you give birth to your child. Little, is it a boy? Little Jimalina, named after me. <laughs> We're just touching. Six weeks will be moved in. As we stand right now, even before we moved in, $10.7 million, we're 90% paid off. Can we give God thanks? Seeing life through God's vantage point will always be our advantage point. See through the eyes of God daily in 2014. And number six, as we're making Dream 14, this is really going to help you. Do, this is my favorite. Do something for someone else daily. Now, how many remember Jesus? Man, what a great church we have here. This is really powerful. Oh, come on. How many remember Jesus? You remember the whole story in John 13 where Jesus does the foot washing thing? 
And we get all caught up with the foot washing portion of it. And I'm certainly not against that. But I don't think that was the message that Jesus was trying to convey. That was a cultural custom of the time. Jesus said in John 13 and verse 17, he said, blessed. The Greek word makarios means happy. Happy is the man that does these things. Let me tell you what that principle Jesus is expounding on there. In essence, doing little things for other people will make you happy. You realize that God has wired us that way? Doing little things for other people will make you happy. This is one of my favorite things because I want to tell you, I share this with the 9 o'clock service, and, and please, when I share this, I don't want you to feel condemned. I'm never about that. I do want you to feel challenged. I'm going to give you a secret. For me personally, and so many people compare to one another, please don't do this, but for me, if I hear something like this, I know it's obtainable. And if you hear something like this from me, it can be for you too, because God is not a respecter of persons. It's been 22 years, 22 years since I have been discouraged or depressed in any way, shape, or form. 22 years. Now, pastor, things are really going good for you. I have had horrific circumstances in that 22 years. But I learned a long time ago that my mood and my joy is independent from my circumstances. And one of the secrets to me being joy boy and writing the joy blog and having joy lets and having a man band with joy on it is this. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about myself. Listen to me closely. I discovered a long time ago, with one minor exception, the whole world's population consists of someone other than me. Boy, it got quiet in this monastery. You must be thinking about yourself right now. Pastor and I, listen, the last time, can you think of the last time where you were in a bad mood? Think of the last time you were in a bad mood. Some of it's right, right now. <laughs> During this part of the message. Yeah, I mean, you, how, how can you remember the last time you were in a bad mood? The last time you were in a bad mood, last time I was in a bad mood 22 years ago, it was because I was thinking about myself. Uh-uh, Pastor, I was thinking about my boss. No, ah, uh, you were thinking about what your boss and how your boss makes you feel. Ah, uh, Pastor, I was thinking about the circumstances. No, you were thinking about how the circumstances make you feel. So I learned a long time ago, one of the keys to my joy is to think about other people. And I found this, because I'm like you, discouragement tries to crawl up my hind leg. But I beat it down, and here's how I beat it down circumstances go awry, I literally began to think about other people and how I can encourage them. I have hundreds, hundreds of notes, Pastor Jim notes, they're little special notes at my home and in my office. And whenever discouragement, Pat, tries to crawl up my hind leg, I get out my encouragement notes. And I begin to write Pastor Ben. And if I knew Pat's address, I would write Pat. And if I knew Gabe's address, I would write Gabe. Man, maybe not Gabe. <laughs> And after about, Natalia, after about my third encouragement note, guess where that discouragement goes back to? Right down my hind leg and right back to the devil where it belongs. So fun when you do something little 
for other people on a daily basis. It makes you happy. I love it. I told this story. It's just so such a powerful story. We had um, a woman in our church. She's part of our staff. She was at a grocery store. There was a woman in front of her having a difficult time paying for her groceries. So she gets out her some money and pays for the groceries for this woman. The woman, as you can understand, is flabbergasted. Wow, you're paying for my groceries? Yeah, I'd be glad to. She said, can I do anything for you? To, and, oh, no, no, no. This is, and then she stopped and she thought. She goes, yeah, I do want you to do something for me. Would you come to my church just once and give it a try? And the woman said, well, sure. You know how that goes. Sometimes you hope that that works through. Well, about two months later, she had told me this story. About two months later, I'm talking about something like this in a message. And I begin to bring out that story about how she bought groceries for a woman. And all of a sudden, out of the back, someone starts yelling. And I honestly thought someone was just being interruptive. I was about to rebuke her. I rebuke you, you foul hussy. That's Greek for hussy. <laughs> but I thank God that I didn't because she was screaming. And there was she, I was telling this story. She goes, that's me. That's me. I was the woman that she bought the groceries for. And she came forward and gave her life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Doing little things for other people make you happy. Pastor, I can't afford to buy someone's groceries. Maybe you can't, but you can afford to smile at somebody. You could afford to do that right now. Me. <laughs> Number seven is we're making our year dream 14. This is so powerful. Dwell in the presence of God daily. So important. The Bible says Psalm 16 and verse 11 in his presence is fullness of joy. Uh, you remember the Lord's prayer? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11. Lord, give us this day our stale bread. You remember that? No, you don't remember that because he didn't say that. He said our daily bread. Man, every day, get in the presence of God by getting in his word. It doesn't have to be this big 45-minute jaunt in the book of Leviticus. Get in the Bible. Just every day, get in his presence. Begin to praise him every day. Don't wait till Sunday to praise him. Praise him every day. It's like Pastor Ben says, man, don't give him the praise you feel like. Give him the praise that he deserves. Do it every day. Praises to God, but for you. God's not on an ego trip. He doesn't need your praise to make him feel good. Oh, my self-image, it's so much better when they praise me. That's not how God is. I want you to understand that. He knows when you connect with him in praise, it benefits you. He's doing fine. Oh, man, do you know that his presence is only a worship away? I got my son on the front row. How many got kids? Come on, it's not a disease. Raise your hand if you got kids. <laughs> you know, man. You know how many? How many know you, if you got kids? How many know they can work you? You know what I mean? They can work you. They want something. They know the the doing the, the, how to say it and the work in they, they can work you. But there's something about your kid when they come to you, Doug, and they just say, "Dad, not working you, Dad, I love you." I mean, if you're a dad like me, it just melts my heart. Your heavenly Father is the same way. Number eight, as we close this parade and then draw the bridge closed, I want you to get this because if we're going to make Dream 14 the year that God wants it to be, the eighth thing that we can do on a daily basis is make today 
a major event. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the future that you've been dreaming about for so long. Why not make it a major event? Today. My wife, she calls me the big liver. And that's not a body part. She means I live big. And I chose a long time ago that I was not going to be boring. I was not going to be a cookie cutter. I'm going to live big. I'm going to celebrate today. You don't have to have my personality. That's not what I'm asking you to do. And everybody says, thank God. <laughs> but I am asking you within God's personality that he gave you, make today a major event. Don't go to bed with stored up love. Don't wait to the funeral to hand out the flowers. Do it today. Make today a major event. Go ahead. Be a big liver. Instead of a big colon. <laughs> this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you. And we give you praise. We thank you, Father God, that you take these simple truths and make them revelation to your people. Now, if you give me two minutes, church, I really feel like part of my assignment is to come here and to minister to your pastor and his wife. So I really have something I feel like is from the Lord. If you're new to that sort of thing, uh, nothing spooky. It's just God's put some things on my heart that I want to share to them individually. I mean, to believe that Jesus is alive. If Jesus is alive, then he still talks to his kids. That's all we're doing. So don't, we put the word of God, of course, above anything, you know, Second uh, Peter 1, 19. God's word is a more sure word of prophecy. However, I'd still believe that God speaks to his kids individually. They need to be encouraged too. Here's what the Lord shares with me. Pastor Ben and Melissa uh, Acts 8.29, I believe it's 29, and 30 and 31. That's pretty obscure. But in 29, uh, he's talking, the Spirit of God talks to Philip. And the Spirit says, go join yourself to this chariot. And then in verse 30, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? The, the eunuch is reading Isaiah. And in verse 31 the eunuch says, no, I have no man to guide me. I've called you to be a guide into the word of God. And there are many chariots that in the days ahead, I'll speak to your hearts that you need to join that chariot. You need to join that chariot. And then there's many chariots that I'll speak to them. I'll say, I'll tell them, you need to join this man's chariot. Because God has called this man and this woman to be a guide into the word of God. And you'll find that as chariots come and join themselves with you, they'll be full of the people and the provision that God has preordained that you should walk in. So that's what I see in these chariots coming. People and provision to help you do what the Lord has called you to do. People with talents 
and gifts that God's placed on the inside of them that will take you to the next step in what God's called you to do because as you guide them into the word of God, those talents will be then leveraged for the kingdom of God within this house. So there'll be chariots that I'll call you to join and there'll be chariots that I'll call to join you. And as that converges, you'll guide them into the word of God and there'll be chariots that will go out from here. Chariots that will extend the kingdom of God in this area. Chariots that will extend the word of God in distant areas and even into other lands and other countries. Those chariots will now be full of people that you've guided into the word of God. And there'll be plenty that'll come and plenty that'll stay. But it'll be a converging point in the kingdom of God. And this is really the phrase that the Lord gives me. That this is a significant house in this area. Not just another church, but a significant house. A key player in the kingdom of God. A significant house. So there'll be chariots that will come and there'll be chariots that I'll call you to join and it'll be a converging place, a significant house that will build and expand the kingdom, not only here locally, but even into distant lands and into other countries. So be sensitive. I'll tell you which chariots to join. I'll tell those chariots to join you. And remember that you're to guide them into the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God thanks for that? that? Did that encourage you, Pastor Ben? And Melissa back there. Hope you understand that's just simply something from the Lord personally to them. It's not the word of God. I'm simply a fallible human being. But we also want to believe that God still speaks to his kids. you believe that? In God good? Thanks for allowing me a little bit of extra time. Normally, it's a little bit shorter service. But... How many know your pastor's wife? They need some encouragement too. Can we encourage Pastor Ben as he comes? What a great word today. I'm just so blessed. Thank you so much, Pastor Jim. Um, you know, I want to take some time in the service now and just give you an opportunity to respond to the Word of God and, and what God may be wanting to do in your life. I love Pastor Jim's last point, uh, to, to have a major life event. You know, I, I feel like for some of us, it's time to put our stake in the ground, draw a line in the sand and say, listen, there's some things that I can do on a very practical level that can take me into the future that God has for me. And so I want to give you the opportunity to do just that. Would you close your eyes with me? You're here this morning and you just feel the tug of God on your heart to make some changes. To make a, an event change in your life today. To begin to put some things into practice on a daily basis that, that will produce the destiny that Jesus died to give you. Maybe you have some things in your past that haven't produced the future that you want. Today, you can change that. So if God's tugging on your heart to make some changes, would you slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Yeah, a lot of hands. It's okay if you know you need to make some changes in your daily habits and life. Okay, you can put your hands down. Second of all, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that is the first major life event that you need. All the things that Pastor Jim talked about, they, they don't really come to life until you have given your life to Jesus. 
I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm not here to answer all your questions. I would never pretend to be able to even start that process. God is the only one that can answer the questions you have in your heart. I'm just here to facilitate the tug on your heart just to help you respond to God. You respond to God today and he'll answer the questions you have. So you're here today, you don't have a relationship with God, but you know something's happening on the inside of you. Would you just look up at me if that's you? God's tugging on your heart and you want to open your heart to him today. Thank you so much. On the back row, who else? Just look up at me. Thank you so much, ma'am. You know God's tugging on your heart today. Thank you, sir. You don't have a relationship with the Lord. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Today you can have a major life event. Today can be the first day of the rest of your life. God has so much for you. One last time as I look across the room. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Lastly, you're here today and your relationship with God, for whatever reason, is not on center. It's been skewed off to the right or the left. It doesn't matter how you got there. The point is, is that today you have an opportunity to recenter and refocus your life and your relationship with God. And you know inside that today's your opportunity. If that's you, you need to refocus your relationship with God. Would you look up at me as well? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Back on the back row. So proud of you guys. One last time as I look across the room. You want to recenter, refocus your relationship today. Okay. Scripture tells us this, that if you can believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he paid the price for all of our mistakes, if you can believe that and say it with your mouth, that you will be born again, that God will come live on the inside of you and you can have relationship with your heavenly father. And and I want to help you right now to say with your words what's happening inside of your heart. So I want to lead you in a quick prayer. Can you pray this prayer with me nice and loud? Say this, say, Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. To forgive me of all of my wrongs. And to give me a hope and a future. And a relationship with my heavenly father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome all of those who joined us in the kingdom of God today? And I'm so proud of you guys.